Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Please welcome this evening's guest moderator from CNN Pipeline, Shannon Cook, and tonight's guests, Paul Rudd, Ed Asner, Michael Shannon, and Kate Arrington. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, Grace. Grace is a play about a married evangelical... Christian couple who moves to Florida to open a chain of gospel-themed hotels. Now, the chain asks the question, where would Jesus stay? Things don't really go as planned. The play is very funny. It's also quite dark. Mm. Mr. Rudd, I'd like to start with you because you're sitting right beside me. Okay. Uh, Lucky dog. I'm, I, f I feel very fortunate. I'm sweating under my three inches of makeup here. I think he's referring to me. <laughs> we see you on the big screen uh, and we're, we're used to you now as this goofy character. Um, and a lot of your characters are very dim, but they're all generally very likable. That's a compliment. Um, it, they're all dim? Really? Well, I think that's me, just naturally. It just it comes goofy, across. Goofy, dim, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, this character you play in, in this, this production it's difficult to like him. Uh, I'm wondering, what do you feel about this character you play, Steve? Um, well, I, I tend not to, you know, think about characters in terms of likability. Um, this one has a very fervent belief that, and, and can sometimes, I think sometimes he doesn't listen to people and he can be a little forceful and um, off-putting, but... You know, I, I try and like, just have a, a connection with any character that I'm playing and find what it is about the personality that makes, that humanizes them or makes them empathetic. And I think that this character has those moments um, written into the script that inform an audience about his upbringing or why he might be like the way he is. Um, and then, you know, I hope that the audiences don't hate me so much that it's off, like in the wrong way. Does the stage enable you to go to places that um, you're not prepared to go on, on the big screen? Um, well, you sometimes do just by sheer repetition. You're always, do when you do a, a long run of a play, you're kind of constantly discovering the play and the character gets, it gets deeper and deeper because you start to really hone in on nuances. They start to appear, you know, a month into the sh run it's like you discover moments and you're just, you keep going deeper and deeper. You have just more time to work on it. So um, sometimes you can go a, a little deeper. And then you also uh, have to, you have, because you're in, you know, on stage and you're in a theater and there are lots of people sitting out there, you sometimes have to be a little bit bigger or go deeper just so that it reaches the back. Mr. Asner. Hi. Who, hi. <laughs> Uh, regrettably, shocking. I'm the oldest person in this goddamn room. <laughs> um, I'm sorry that we didn't meet, but uh, Mr. Asner was late. Um, <laughs> well, I, 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 you didn't leave breadcrumb. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got here. It's great to see you. Um, most recently, we heard your voice in the movie Up, but 
This is your, the first time in 23 years you've been on the stage, you've, you've come back. What was it about this play that, um, that lured you? It's the first one that was offered to me in 23 years. And I needed to save it, of course. So I joined forces with these three tads and we made beautiful music together. And tads? <laughs> what are tads? Compared to me, you're no, a tad. Tadpoles, I, okay. I got you. How I does it feel to be back on the stage? I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. What? Nothing, I'm just, I'm, I haven't I slept, know. Ed. I'm a little, you know, I'm a little awestruck by Mike's hairy legs. Uh, <laughs> I can't take my eyes off of him. But I'll, I'll try to answer your question. Uh, I, I'll try to concentrate on your smoother legs. Thank you. Uh, it's a wonderful play, and uh, I, I have been graced by being in it. I didn't think so at first. I, I had mild reservations, because it is a small part surrounded by these walruses, and I, uh, I didn't think I'd be able to do enough stealing to survive. So far, it's been okay. Uh, Mr. Asner plays an exterminator um, of bugs, cockroaches and the like, who he goes from believing in God, uh, sorry, not believing in God at all, to thinking that there is something out there. Uh, and I want to ask everybody here, this seems to be one of those plays that um, you go home afterwards and you look at yourself in the mirror and you kind of think, well, what do I believe in? Has the play had the same effect on, on you guys? Well, it challenged my uh, uh, agnosticism, but I haven't relinquished it. Um, well, to me, it's, uh, something that Sarah says in the play uh, something uh, similar to the way I've always looked at uh, spirituality when she talks about how um, she, when she prayed it's not that she heard somebody talking back to her she heard everything talking back to her and that everything was was one thing and it was all together and to me and, uh, I really th that's something I've always uh, agreed with that uh, that what it basically boils down to is harmony and unity is the way to, you know, whatever, enlightenment or holiness or whatever, and chaos and fractions are what lead you to, to hell. Michael, you play um, the surly neighbor to this couple. Uh, you're a rocket scientist, you're a man of science, not a man of faith. What attracted you to the role of Sam? Uh, the journey of the character is immense uh, from the beginning of the play to the end of the play. It's like climbing Mount Everest every night, and it happens very quickly. At the beginning of the play, he's very um, nihilistic and kind of devoid. He's kind of like a, a shell of a person. And because of what happens throughout the course of the play, he uh, is reawakened to his own humanity and, and the humanity of others. And I think that's a beautiful story to tell, even though it ends 
in a grisly fashion. Unfortunately, that's not my fault. It's it's Paul's fault. Mm. Well, I always I, f I think you asked for it, Mike. Um, well, Michael, your character has been really badly disfigured in a car accident, um, and you spend most of the play uh, with half of your face obscured by a mask. It looks like you have a pretty intense makeup session before the show every night. Is that? Well, that's why I have this uh, silly haircut. Because I glue a prosthetic onto my face every night. At the beginning of previews, I was gluing it over my hair. But it just didn't really look right. I didn't think so. Um, How do you unglue a prosthetic like that? With solvent. With the very strong chemicals. You have to be careful you don't get it in your eye or in your mouth. But, you know, if Sally Ray can, uh, Sally Field can do it in Norma Ray, I can do it in, in Grace. You know, you got to toughen up. Um, you all seem to get along very well. Uh, humorous. What, what is the whole, is it really just a great time being in a play together. Do you go out afterwards? Do you go out for dinner? Do you go out drinking together? What's it like? We used to go drink in Ed Asner's dressing room, but he won't let us in there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he, sh he shut us out. They, they befouled it. <laughs> we do sometimes, yeah. We, we'll go out for a drink afterward or... Um, it's, it's nice spending time with each other. We spend a lot of time with each other. And so, uh, and yet I know nothing about them. It's amazing; they are mysteries to me. The three of us are very reserved. <laughs> Kate and Michael, in real life, you are a couple, and you have a children, a child together. I love how I'm telling you this, like you didn't know this. Oh my um, God! <laughs> Wait a minute, what? That's all right. It's all right. It's my child. Shane, come back. <laughs> I, just gotta, I just gotta walk this off. <laughs> um, what's it really like having to face each other on stage uh, and pretend that you're different people when you have this real-life connection? You know, it's what, it's what you do as an actor anyhow. I mean, it's not that different than... than uh, you always have a relationship with the person you're on stage with, and then you're on stage with them, and, and certainly the relationship feeds that, but it's, it's, to me, it's not that momentous. I mean, we're both actors, that's what we do. And then we go home and we're mom and dad. <laughs> do you talk about the play at home? We try not to, we really do. <laughs> We really do. We try not to talk about home at the theater, and we try not to talk about the play at home. Um, I just try to say as little as possible. Yeah, my <laughs> tries not to say anything wrong. Probably wise. <laughs> All four characters in this play undergo a really dramatic transformation in that their perspective on faith seems to alter in one way or another. And Kate, your character, Sarah, might almost experience the biggest transformation. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I think all of us have moment. I mean, I think anytime your belief system changes, it's 
you know, momentous. I think for Sarah, it it coincides with sort of becoming a woman in a way, in a new way. So not only and and her changes in belief feed into the woman she's becoming, who she genuinely is not at the end at the beginning of the play. So. You know, I, I think a lot happens. I mean, I think it's a sign of a great play to have be able to put four characters on stage and have all of them experience something momentous in 90 minutes. What's it like being married to Paul Rudd in this play? Uh, it's, you know, it's great. <laughs> I mean, we, we have a, a, yeah, go ahead. As you say, it's a little annoying, right? You were, so you were saying the character, No. Uh, <laughs> no, you're not annoying. I mean, I you know, you find him an unlike. I find him an incredibly likable character. I, I mean, my heart goes out to him. He's he. I, I adore him, and I do think in the course of the play, she outgrows him in a way that's actually heartbreaking and leaves him when he needs her. Should I be saying this? <laughs> you guys, but. Uh, yeah, so, um, and I think it's a very difficult and painful thing to do because I think it's like le leaving a kid when they're sick, you know? I mean, it's, and he's he's a doll and he's a sweetheart, and yes, he's difficult to be married to in, in many ways, and, and you know, it's one of the fascinating things I find about this character is that she spends the first half of the play barely able to speak. I mean, I have like, tons of lines I've written in my head of things Sarah would say <laughs> if like if given the opportunity or if she had more confidence or if Steve gave her a chance to so um, that's an interesting sort of challenge and and then it's a, a as soon as he's out of the room and I'm alone with with another man all of a sudden you get to hear what this what this what's going on for this woman um, are there lots of pranks that go on between the four of you well, I, w I would pull pranks, but I'm afraid that Michael might pull a knife on me. <laughs> so I, d I, don't, I don't do it with Michael because, it, you know, he likes to project that, that uh, visage. So I, I, uh, I want to protect myself. <laughs> well, you don't, you know, your time is precious at this point. <laughs> so. And I'm spending it on things like you. <laughs> uh, we just opened. Um, we just went through two weeks of terror and um, sleepless nights, and um, uh, we're just now getting comfortable. So, like Saturday um, night. Yeah, Saturday night. Oh boy, that was. What terrifying. happened on Saturday night? Our light board, all our all of our lights are controlled, and the computer, it's like the, it's a massive thing. That, but it, um, they tried to explain it to us, but we didn't understand what they were talking about. But essentially, it was like Hal, and the computer switched over, so all of our cues and everything, which are run automatically and um, near the end of the play, just switched over to another thing and. Lights were coming up and going down, and we're in a climactic, intense scene. And all of a sudden, they all just went out, and then they all came back on. And then, <laughs> and then the end of the play, we're standing there, and normally it goes just out, and it didn't, and it ends fairly dramatically. 
when the lights go out and when they don't, we're kind of standing there wondering, so do we just walk off stage or what? And eventually we just, all right, we did. did. <laughs> and nobody knew the play was over. It won't happen again, so if you guys, if you guys see it. In a few uh, places in this play, you're required to act in reverse, like someone hit the rewind button. That looks really difficult, was it? Is it? Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> it is. There's, um, yeah, there, there are moments in the play where, you know, you see a scene happen, and then all of a sudden it, it, it goes in reverse, the lines, we're not, you know, it isn't like we're actually saying lines, but we're saying them in the reverse order. But all of our movements and breath and all of that is in reverse. And so um, we, you know, we open the, the play opens with a scene that we kind of do near the end, and, and it was the last thing we had to rehearse. We didn't even know how it would be done. So uh, I'd say that's that kind of revert. That took more work than anything else. I think that we had to do. I want to mention the the person who wrote this play, Craig Wright. Uh, this is his Broadway debut. He's written for HBO's Six Feet Under. Um, anyone uh, who wants to jump in and answer this, what would you say he brings to the table as a writer? Mike, <laughs> Mike's well, I, I've button. done yeah, I've done three of his plays, and. Uh, I really think he's very unique <clears throat> how much thematic content and, and, and philosophical quandaries he's able to shove into a small, a very short play um, that is still very entertaining. And if you, know, if you don't care to dig into that more intellectual aspect of it, you don't have to. You could just sit and watch it and be be moved or entertained by the story. But if you care to, if you really care to think about it or look at it, there um, are a lot of very worthwhile questions in the play and uh, worthwhile explorations. Um, I, I think he does that <clears throat> remarkably well, uh, more than uh, any of the other contemporary playwrights I've, I've worked with or seen anyway. Um, I, before we kick some questions out to the audience, I'd just like to point out that while we're all admiring Mr. Shannon's legs tonight, if you go see the play, you get to see Mr. Asner's bare legs. So it's, it's well worth going. I also have private screenings. <laughs> also offers private screenings. That's a double entendre, isn't it? I didn't say private screening. I said private screening. Mike's still learning the language. Would any, any of you guys like to ask a question? Yeah, just uh, raise your hand, wait for us to come to you with a microphone, please. Um, first of all, wonderful job. I saw the show last week with my dad, and we were really um, enthralled by it. Um, one of the things that spoke to me almost immediately was the way it was staged. Um, I love how the characters were in such close proximity with each other. Like it really spoke to a higher theme of, uh, I don't know, like 
in terms of free will and and being dominated by your decisions and how you escape these decisions and how one thing can alter something. Like, I don't know, it spoke to that theme. So I was wondering if that was a challenge for you to overcome in the beginning, sharing the space that closely and, and um, how it enhanced your performance in any way. Like, has it, has it at all? So I was just curious about that. It's a general question. Yeah, you know, Craig Wright has often, I've heard him talk about this play, explain this play as four people who have very, different um, ideas about faith uh, and he throws them all together in a tight into tight quarters into a space and watches them bounce off of each other and um, you know this play it's like it starts with a gunshot and it feels like it the whole show feels like it it's just it just there's such a, I think, an intensity and, a, and an energy to it. And we are in kind of close proximity to each other. You know, there are two apartments, but uh, the action is only taking place in one place. There's the, it's one apartment. Um, and Michael lives in one and we live in the other. But the action happens simultaneous over each other. So we'll be talking and Michael will walk between us. We don't see him. Because the idea is that the Apartments are identical. They're furnished condos. So anybody who's been in a furnished condo knows they all look the same. One of the interesting aspects of that staging, too, is that it's on a very slow uh, revolve. The stage turns. So uh, you see everything from different angles, but it happens so kind of slowly that you're not aware of it. Um, and that was an interesting thing to adapt to, too, for, for us. When we were rehearsing it, we didn't get to work on that. We were just in a room. So the director would go around us, so we knew kind of where we were at. But even then, it wasn't until we got in the theater that we kind of you know, felt it out and figured out how to do it. I do think it contributes to the overall intensity of the show. Uh, you know, Like if it was two separate sets or there, there are a lot of components that keep the show very focused. You know, if there was an intermission, that would break the trajectory of it. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of elements that seem to be all about maintaining this kind of laser-like focus from the beginning to the end. And uh, I know it's interesting for me, you know, scene two, which is, you know, I, I basically sit on stage during most of scene two and don't do anything, and I listen to it. And it's very, it's a very bizarre experience, because on the one hand, <clears throat> I'm trying to act like Sam, think what Sam's thinking, and on the other hand, I'm just listening to the scene, because I can't hold myself. And I'm saying, oh yeah, that line was really good. He did that really good tonight. And then, and then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be acting. And so I've, it's a real double clutch kind of thing. Um, it's a very hallucinatory experience. Next question, right here in the front. First of all, I did see it on Saturday night and I loved it. It renewed my faith in American theater. And my question for you guys, because you did an amazing job and thank you so much. And you were amazed, all of you, thank you. Um, did it shift any of your personal beliefs? You don't have to answer that if you don't want to, but if you do, I'm just curious. Thank you. 
I, I think doing this play, you know, you can't help it. You just keep thinking about it. I mean, you really, you think about it all the time. I mean, uh, there's no, there's not, it, it's not a pat, there's not like one thing that you get out of it. But yeah, definitely. I mean, to me, one of the most profound things, and it's said a number of times in different ways, and to me, I thought about it because people ask about the backwards. Why go backwards? Why go backwards? And uh, to me, going backwards is sort of testing one of the um, one of the things I think the play believes, which is that things happen in order. I mean, it's it's said a number of times in in the play, and that that's that's where God is. If there's any God, it's in the it's in the fact that you can sit down 71 years later in a Starbucks with a woman you knew in Nazi Germany. Um, and that, to, to be honest, was something that would never have, I, I, you know, I've been thinking about God like we all have my whole life. It would never have occurred to me, you know, until three months into this process. I was like, oh, that's where, that's where God lives, is just in the fact that things happen in an order and you end up in a place. And, you know, and a month from now, I'll think something different. <laughs> so it's, it's a really cool thing to be a part of and to get to sort of live in every night. Hi, I have yet to see the play, but my question is for Paul. I'm a really, really big fan. Um, I was wondering how much you use improv in your roles, especially your more comedic roles, and even more especially as Peter Clavin. <laughs> um, yeah, that's one of the big differences of doing a play, and that's the, you know, you, you really, you say the words. Um, and in the last several years, I've worked on a lot of movies where, um, I've made up a lot of my own, <laughs> uh, which is fun and great, uh, and I love doing it. And um, yeah, with Peter Clave, with an "I Love You, Man," there was a lot of uh, yeah, just let's just shoot and see what see what happens. And being awkward is not hard <laughs> for me. <laughs> Are you an awkward person, though? You don't strike me as an awkward person. Really. Sometimes. I liked, uh, I, well, I think this seems suitably awkward, right? I mean, I'm feeling a bit awkward, actually. <laughs> yeah, you might need to reevaluate, right? A little. We've got time for. Oh, you're doing a great job. Thanks, Mike. I tell you, I'm going to go beat myself up after this thing. I'm going to go into the green room and I'm going to burst into tears. I think we have for, drink for two an entire more bottle of Jameson's. Uh, right here uh, to your left. Ooh. Hi. Um, oh my gosh, that's loud. Hi. I, <laughs> um, I just wanted to see what made you like realize that you wanted to do this like when you first kind of got into the play and you read the roles, why did you choose to do them? Because obviously this play is very abstract and different. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I'm going to. But um I just wanted to see why you chose these. I feel like I sort of kind of answered that question a little bit earlier, so why don't somebody else take a swing at it? Well, one thing that's interesting is that you've done it before. Yeah, I've done it twice. Yeah, he mm -hmm. did. Mike did this in 2006 mm -hmm. in uh, Illinois. That's true. You were great. You didn't see it? No. <laughs> but I, I know you were great. You're always great. Uh, for me, I, you know, I really thought it was an, uh, 
a fascinating play. I loved reading it. Um, it I was engaged in it like right away. There were things that I, in reading it, when I heard it described, such as go things going backward or um, simultaneous action happening on top of each other, that kind of thing, um, that I thought, I, I, this seems like it's, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. And it was really daring. It was much more um, interesting than most plays that I'd read. It seemed like this is a gutsy, difficult uh, play. The subject matter is fascinating. All of these characters are super interesting. And for me, this part was unlike anything I've ever gotten to play. And scarily so. I thought, like, I, how do I, you know, I'd want to try and take on that challenge. Um, but it, I was uh, excited to do it. I mean, I, I read it, and it's like, as soon as I finished it, oh, yeah, I'd absolutely love to do this. I mean, I will say, and, um, one of the things I really love about the plays, as much as it, and it very much is about faith or dealing with questions of faith, but uh, uh, one of the things I think the play encourages people to do, particularly through Sarah's character, or Kate's character, Sarah, is uh, to consider other people. And I feel like that's such a fundamental tenet of religion that is so often ignored by people who practice it to an extreme degree, uh, that really fundamentally what you're supposed to be doing is, is caring about people, caring about other people, and how that can be lost sight of so easily. And I just think that's a very appropriate uh, message, particularly in this day and age. Got our last question right here in the back. My question is for uh, Michael. Uh, last month, I attended an event at the uh, New York oh, Times. Oh, Broadway Cares, right? No, no. Uh, yeah, I saw you at Broadway yeah, Cares. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, last month also, I attended an event at the New York Times building where uh, a New York Times editor, uh, Charles McGrath, uh, interviewed Jessica Chastain. Oh. And he said that uh, Jessica was the, is the uh, breakout star among the female actors, and Michael Shannon is the breakout star, breakout actor of his generation. And I think everyone here would, would definitely agree. Oh, and, wow. Well, and that, that, and I, I think... Uh, I would like to believe that. Yes, you, I would you like are. to believe that the majority of the people here think that, too. <laughs> they clap their hands, so yeah. I guess. Uh, Some, I guarantee you there's at least five to ten people here who have absolutely no idea who I am. <laughs> Maybe <Yeah>. 20. <laughs> And uh, you and Jessica seem to uh, have parallel career uh, lives. You started on stage, and then right. film, and then you're both back on Broadway. Yeah, and she's just down the street. Right. In the Harris. The Harris. The Harris. She's in the Harris. The Harris. It's the it's the very dramatic musical adaptation of Hair. And, uh, yeah. But anyway, sorry to interrupt your question, the heiress. Right. And perhaps the only difference between you and Jessica is that you, you did more stage work. Uh, you, you've been yeah. doing it in Chicago, here in New York, in London. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the other difference is, I think, in all the reviews of your stage work and film work, uh, there's this one adjective that is always connected to your name, which is intense. 
Yeah. Now my question is, uh, will we ever see the lighter side of Michael Shannon? Because I, I know you have a Not terrific... Not at this event. I know you have a terrific uh, sense of humor, and uh, um, will we ever see a singing and dancing Michael Shannon? Because I know you're, you're a singer and a composer too, right? I do. I have a band, yeah, that nobody ever comes to see, no matter how much I talk about it. And uh, if ever given the opportunity, uh, what is that one musical play that you would like to do? And if ever there is another musical. one that you will never ever do, what is that? Well, me and Paul were talking about doing Pippin, right? Yeah, I said uh, Michael won't shut up about it. Yeah, he's been dying to play Pippin. He's singing the songs. He's always cornering the sky with this guy. Every good boy deserves favor. Mm -hmm. That's another one on the list. Yeah. yeah. No, I, w I would do musical. I mean, I guess I, you know, I, I just kind of do what people a ask me to do. Nobody's ever asked me to do a musical yet. On uh, in New York, anyway. I did some in high school, but uh, not not in New York City. But yeah, I would I would I would do that. Just as no comedy, but I would do a musical. Maybe a dramatic, a dark dramatic musical. Yeah. Like, like, like what? Maybe I'll write it. Okay. Maybe we could write it. Well, I'll write, write it. the music and you do the lyrics. I can't write the music? You All don't, right. You, 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 you don't have rhythm. No, I'm totally, ball. I would be down for that. You write the music and then I'll, I'll write the lyrics. And Ed can uh, conduct the uh, pit orchestra. Critique. <laughs> You'll critique it. <laughs> You'll critique it. <laughs> Kate, what would you like to do in this I show? Nothing to do with what it. should it be about? Well, Sylvia will choreograph it, my daughter. Oh, yeah. Okay. She'll, she's, she's all about, she was just today, she was saying, we got to get more moves for a Christmas song. Um, what will it be about? I yeah. don't know. Uh, it'll be a musical version of what <laughs> happened tonight. I'd say we've got the transcript. We could write this thing in 10 yeah. minutes. Let's go write Let's it Let's go right do it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we just witnessed the start of something very beautiful there. Thank you all for your really great questions. Um, Grace just opened at the Court Theatre here in New York City, and it runs through January 6th. Thank you so much to Ed Asner, Michael Shannon, Kate Arrington, and Paul Rudd. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you. Thanks.